Welcome to the Lifestyle Chase. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. Proudly hosted by me, Chris Little. Without further ado, let's get started. So, welcome to episode 41 of the Lifestyle Chase. My guest today is the one and only Jelena Mergenovic. Did I get it right? Perfect. Perfect view. So, how's your day going? It's good. It's good, yeah. Other day, champs, which is fun. Totally. And like, I researched a few of your podcasts, and the cool thing was the ones that you guessed on before were kind of like in the starting of champs or before champs. So then your fans get to hear your experience with champs. So if you could summarize it in three phrases with considering like the growth, considering the obstacles, the triumphs, how would you describe your champs experience in three phrases? Well, I just have four words. That works? Yeah. Um, I had four words. <laughs> um, challenging, exciting, rewarding, and motivating. For me, um, all of kind of those things. And I think those words encompass a lot more. Um, but I think to summarize it, those are the things that I've experienced. I think the thing that stands out to me most about champs is the genuine support like you can see right through that people are looking out for each other um i worked at central for a while i've since kind of moved on from there but in the times when i saw champs was celebrating something it was just like that that true support because you see people in their like behind the scenes thing and they're still looking out for each other and that's so amazing what's been rewarding part of the rewarding part for me has been the community which i'm not generally speaking accustomed to like i i mean i'm part of the edmonton community as a whole but throughout my boxing career it's been me in a gym by myself yeah so i worked out my coach and i you know in a gym but we were in our own little world right and then you know same thing with my strength and conditioning it was always just me and my trainer and one of the big things about boxing is they always say it's one of the loneliest sports in the world. It's you and your brain, and if you're lucky enough to have an amazing coach like I do, you know, it's just you guys versus the world. Um, and what's been amazing with Champs is that now I have this, um, this whole community that's become part of my life, which honestly I wasn't expecting, um, yeah. but it's been so incredibly rewarding because that's where that motivation comes in as well. So, you know, every time I'm in that room teaching or I'm here training and I see people coming in, going through whatever they're going through in their life, good, bad, ugly, you know, every time they step in through those doors, it's a little bit of an extra motivation for me. And that's something I didn't think I needed because I'm very like self-motivated. Um, but I think that's what took me to another level in my last fight here. Totally. You got another fight coming up. It's been uh, all up in the social media. Tell us more yeah. about that. Um, so the next fight's June 22nd. We've kind of been on the hook for about seven months negotiating for different fights. Um, we were promised a big fight in New York, and then the promoter, for some reason, couldn't make it work out. And there's a lot of politics in the sport. Um, that's probably my least favorite part about boxing. Um, and unfortunately, we just couldn't make it work. So the one thing we can control is to fight at home. Edmonton always op welcomes us with open arms. And, and honestly, I prefer fighting at home. Like this, um, 
this community is something different and and it's always uh, been super special for me um, so I've been very fortunate to fight here so we chose to come home fight our home June 22nd um, opponent is yet to be announced we have someone we're negotiating terms in a contract but uh, hopefully that will be announced shortly and it's like easier said than done with with arranging fights and getting things happening like I've in my research that I've done with your your past getting fights set up like there's a lot of pushback what are like the three top obstacles to setting up a fight well one of the major obstacles is you're a female in a male dominated sport and that is still a reality unfortunately and so the money isn't quite there um you know I agree I, I want to be paid like the men do I mean I would love to be paid some Manny Pacquiao Floyd Mayweather money but that's not a reality right now in the sport at the current situation maybe one day and then maybe one day I can look back and say hey I was part of that yeah. creating that but at this point in time so that is one of the major obstacles is a trying to get the money to be able to pay the women and then be negotiating a salary and a purse is what we call it in boxing that's applicable and affordable and and that again is not me um that's my promoters so um i think that's where a lot of people get confused they're like well Jelena, why can't this happen i'm like well, i don't know talk to my promoters like yes i i have a really close relationship with them but at the end of the day it's not money out of my pocket it's money out of their pocket and so one is is um the whole negotiation process it's still a challenge with women um Two is actually just finding someone who wants to step up and fight. Yeah. You know, and I don't understand that because I welcome all opponents. Um, I love to fight. I love fighting anybody. Like, so for me, um, that's been something that's been frustrating. But again, it's something that hasn't changed in 17 years. So it's nothing new. It just kind of have to shoulder it a little bit more. And, and when you get layoffs like I've had almost a year... Um, it becomes a little bit more frustrating. Makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. How do you, like, say there was no more boxing bags that you could punch. There's nothing <laughs> left to punch. You can't box to get rid of frustration. How would you cope with things that are just, like, pissing you off? What, are, what would be your coping mechanisms? You know, I, um... I've had this question, actually, recently when we did the Inside of Athletes Head with CBC. Yeah. Um, and, and I actually never really thought about it up until that point and I'm just so very fortunate that I have such an amazing team around me and um, you know my coach has been an integral role in that and and he's kind of my level head and you know whenever I feel like I'm gonna freak out you know I just give him a shout or he, I don't even have to call him because he already knows so yeah. you know he's like my second dad um, you know and, and he's been around that long and since day one and so he is kind of my coping mechanism, um, very close to my family, um, and that's just not my blood family, but I've, we've, I've created a nice little family unit, um, and I think everybody kind of, you know, everybody knows everybody, but every boxer is crazy. We've got a little bit of un <laughs> instability up here somewhere because there's, it takes a special person and I'm I like, you know, special, crazy, whatever you want to say special is, um, to want to get punched in the face and punch someone in the face, you yeah. know? So it, it takes a different cat to do that, to want to do that. And I, and I say this like in front of 10 people, a hundred people, thousand, a hundred thousand, there's, there's a lot of pressure. And so, 
you know, I'm very fortunate that I've had to even keel along the way because I've had the support team, you know, again, they can't always be there. And so sometimes I just have some alone time, you know, I'm a big person. Like when you're around so many people and you've lived your life, you know, I've grown up since my twenties in the public eye, so to speak. Um, I really value my quiet time. Um, and, and honestly, I find lately, I, I literally just go home and I lay there. Yeah. <laughs> and you get to just kind of like reflect, calm down, figure out what you need, and then you move forward. So, the, you know, besides my family and my support team, I have that quiet time if I need. That makes sense. I think it's so important to like talk about that on a podcast because especially for mine, I have a big spectrum of guests. People think they have it pegged. They're like, oh, he's only talking to famous people. But it's just like, I want people to understand that perspective that everybody kind of needs those same things and it looks different to everybody. And then they can relate to you because they're going to understand that they need quiet time too, like to, to stay stable. And they need a support group too. Like you need to sort of honor your relationships, be it family or friends that feel like family and just have those things. Now I'm thinking about your coach right now and I have a feeling he's given you some pretty like rock solid advice over the years. If you could pick out like just a few of the best pieces of advice that he's given you, what would they be? You know, I think part of it, and they're maybe not his words. So, you know, he's Eastern European, came to Canada when he was young. Yeah. And not young, probably, sorry, like 14, 15. Um, but, you know, one of the things he taught me was integrity. One of the big things is, like, you know, I think, and things that I've learned along the way is, is just like if you're true to yourself and you believe in yourself and the people, who, if you you can make the people who matter proud of you by your actions then you're doing all right so you know not that I don't care what people think but the average Joe Blow walking across the street I don't care what he thinks whether I'm a success or a failure as long as my coach feels like I'm a success my dad my mom my sisters you know my team here you know as long as I can be proud of what I do day to day and I'm being the best me I can be then you're doing all right, you know? Everybody goes through a lot of shit in their life and at different points in times. Yeah. And that's in me included. I mean, I've won and lost more world titles than I care to admit. I, you know, I've had 10 losses, but every time I've been rock bottom in my career, um, you know, I've had a team say, okay, Jelena, take your minute to like wallow in your self-pity and whatever. But shake it off, get your shit together, and let's move on. Let's figure out how to be a better person tomorrow. Yeah. And better person means better athlete, better better sibling, better friend, better whatever. Let's move forward. Let's move that needle 1% more each day. Yeah. And so for him, I know Milan, he's big on just me being the best me that I can be. And... Um, and that took a while to believe, like he believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. You know, when we had our, I think it was our fifth fight and he looked at me and, you know, I had a lot of doubters in the city and he goes, you know what? I promise you within two years, we're going to have a world title. And I laughed at him. I literally laughed in his face and I was like, haha, okay, man, like whatever. <laughs> and I rolled my eyes. Like I literally had that same response that I just gave you and 
We were in the ring. I won my first world title via fifth round knockout. It was I couldn't have wrote the story better. Um, and he looked at me and I jumped on him and I was just overwhelmed. I don't know if I believe that I just wanted at that moment. He's like, I told you so. And I was like, what are you talking about, crazy man? <laughs> and he's like, I told you we'd win this. And I was like, oh my goodness, Like you, you did. You did tell me this. He goes, see, I believe in you when you don't even believe in yourself. And that's what you have to know is that there are people around you who will believe in you no matter what. Yeah. Who cares about all the headlines saying that I'm too pretty to box, I'm been given everything because of who I am and that I'm just a princess. We don't care about that stuff. He's like, all you should care about is that I believe in you. And I looked at him and this was, I mean, I, I think it took a little while to process, you know, but at one point I remember being like, holy shit, you're right. <laughs> you're right. You do believe in me and that's all that I care about, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think those were the words that I think resonated the most with me. And I think like it's so true and it's so important to have people that feel that way in your circle. Like whoever whoever is listening to this, people need to find people like this to be around them. Because if your people around you are just talking trash. Well, and, and, and to also put a little caveat to that, like he also keeps it real. Yeah. Like, you know, if I'm being a crappy person or a crappy athlete or I'm getting, my head's getting too big, he's the first one to bring me right back down. Absolutely. But that's because he cares, right? If you have just the average person who's always talking trash, like I remember my first loss and it was like the whole city was on my shoulders and then I lost and everybody was like kicking me in the ass. Like, I'm like, okay guys, like, A, I love Edmonton, but you guys are really shitty fans. Like, you know, I love this city, I think more than anybody else, but this city is the first one to turn on you. Yeah. And, and, and that sucks because I've been through all the ups and downs and, and I, I laugh because I have a couple of friends that, you know, play on the Eskimos, play on the Oilers. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, I, I feel bad. Like I, I genuinely feel bad because I know where you've been, but you got a team of you guys to shoulder it along the way and be friends with. I'm like, I've been there, but by myself. And so I, I know how crappy it is. And so like. I will always be an Edmonton Oilers fan. I will always be an Eskimos fan, no matter how crappy we're doing. Yeah. Um, and I'll always support because I've been there. And, you know, what people have to understand is that, you know, just as what we're going through as athletes, we're just human too. Yeah. I'm not invincible. Yeah. yeah, I might get paid to do this job, but at the end of the day, I get bumps and bruises just like you. I have crappy days just like you. I, I slept through my alarm today. Like, I was like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? But that's where you have a good team to bring you back up. And people like, like, for example, Robbie covering my class today because I slept in. I'm like, <laughs> dude, I'm sorry. I didn't sleep last night. Yeah. You know, but like things like that where, you know, your support team is important. And, and you know, I think what people need to realize is that all athletes are just human. For sure. Well, I was lucky enough I got to have an interview with Ryan Jones, former Oiler. Yeah, yeah. And just, like, talking Good to dude. him. Yeah, totally great dude. And my favorite thing was hearing from him about social media and its effects. Like, some people are bulletproof. Some of those players are dishing stuff back out. But, like, when you're, like, trashing a person on social media, like, they have a heart that beats the same way, blood pumps the same way. 
you trash him. Like, so I, I always say, like, and this is something that I was very lucky that I lived kind of my youth where I was making decisions about who I was going to be um, wasn't in the social media era. And I'm yeah. very fortunate for that because I think it takes now, you know, these keyboard cowboys is what I like to call them who sit behind a desk and feel like they can have an opinion on how I live my life and what I do, you know, they're kind of unbelievable. So, you know, every person is going through something different in their lives at different phases. You don't know what happened that morning, what happened that year, what happened all these years prior. Everybody's just trying to get through the day and to live for tomorrow, you know what I mean? So at the end of the day, you know, I try and avoid, I try and avoid hating on people socially social media this and that and and it's one of the big reasons why i've stayed away from trash talking and boxing you know i don't trash talk people face to face real life i I tell you what i think and i'm very honest um and that again these are just my opinions but i've i've always avoided trash talking because it's not who i am you know there's other people who you know they've made their whole career of it and 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 they've had to for different reasons you know um, but at the end of the day, I don't need, I don't need keyboard cowboys in my life either. So yeah. I, I always just try and like stay away. I laugh at some of them. Some yeah. of the, some of the stuff that I read is funny, <laughs> but it's not, it's not directed towards me. But I, you know, at the end of the day, like there's no place for that. Well, I mean, I think the best sentiment to take from it all is honestly, if a person is critical towards somebody else, it's often because of like the shit that they're dealing with inside. So you're like, you just revealed your biggest weakness because you're yeah. trying to dish that out on other people. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's hard to wrap your head around that sometimes. Cyberbullying, it's just a different way of a schoolyard brawl. Yeah, it's real. So on the topic of like men's boxing versus women's boxing, because that was something that I was thinking about. I was like listening to the other podcasts and it was really starting to sink in, like just the difference in how much money comes and how much oh. attention. I'm like, why? Because you think about it, like... Women's boxing is entertaining. Women's boxing gets your heart rate up. Women's boxing, like, that's badass. And, like, how, if somebody's listening, say you had the most uh, influential people listening to this podcast by some crazy fluke, and they could do something to change the market, what do you think needs to happen with society to start to equal that out? Well, I believe it's starting. It's, it's, you know, from when I started in 2003 to now we're 2019, there has been a progression. And, and, you know, I think one of the huge factors of that was the UFC accepting women's combative, women's MMA. Yeah. That was, I think, a big door opening for us. I mean, MMA wasn't the first one to accept fighting, you know, like there's been kickboxing, you know, Muay Thai, boxing, you know. We've been around for a long time, but the exposure, the the UFC social, not social media, but media and promotion, um, that huge giant opening the doors and actually accepting it was a big step for them. Yeah. Um, and it also trickled down to us too with women's boxing. Um, the needle is moving. It's it's progressing. Like uh, now, Top Rank has signed. Uh, Michaela Mayer, like who is an Olympian, and and um, you know Clarissa Shields. So all of these, all of these Olympic, female Olympic 
athletes in boxing are now getting the exposure. I think the problem now is just putting the good quality fights on mainstream broadcast. And and that's starting to happen. It it really is. It's not there. I mean, for me, everything I've done and, and the highlight reel that is my career um, is is equivalent to the Manny Pacquiao's. I mean, Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather is a, is a special person in his own self because he's created himself and the marketing, the social media, the everything is insane. He's the highest paid athlete in sport. So... But now you have the Saul Alvarez, Canelo, you have Triple G's. So you have these fighters that now, you know, I've, I've done the same thing as them. I've had the same amazing knockouts as them. Um, but I'm not in the same level. Like, I'm not even, like, a 10% pay grade as them. So that part's frustrating. And, and I, think, I think the big thing is, is, like, taking a chance on your women, right? I mean, you look at... Well, you look at the fitness industry. The the major consumer of fitness industry is women. So I don't know why you aren't willing to gamble on these women and support them. Sorry, right now, when that those are your your consumers. Those are the people who spend the money on the products, spend the money on the courses, spend the money on the classes, um, buy the magazines. Whatever you're giving, they're the ones who are buying it. Yeah. You know, the men, they try and figure it out on their own. They call their bros and they figure it out that way. And yeah, they watch some fighting. That's cool. But guess who really loves fighting? Like really deep down is the women. Because we're the ones who are fighting day to day just to kind of get ahead and get to that same level. And, And that's something that's life. Not just sports, not just boxing. That's just life. Like, you know... Unfortunately, that's just the way we were born. That's what we were born into. And to make a change is, is just taking a little step every day. And we're starting. Um, and I, I, all I hope is that it's in my career time that we get that major that major up, that major jump. But I don't know if it'll happen. If not, I can say I was a part of, part of the journey. Mm-hmm. I think it will be. I think it'll be within your career. I think that... You should uh, forget I'm 36. Okay. <laughs> I'm a very optimistic person. Probably like the most... I uh, like poop rainbows out my butt. Oh, I, I uh. love it. I love it. And I'm, I, you know, I can say that I've been through all the scales of it. Um, you know, but I, I am, it's crazy to say, and I'm, I'm not accepting this. This is by no means me saying I'm retiring anytime soon, but I, you know, I'll be 37 June 24th. So two days after my fight and you know, this frustration of waiting on these fights for a year oh, yeah. and, and that kind of thing. And, and the good fights to happen. That's, that's getting to me. It's wearing on me. You know, there's a lot of stuff now with champs that I would like to elevate and expand and, and build off of. And, and so it's becoming more and more challenging to kind of shoulder all of it, no matter how amazing, which my team is amazing. You know, there's still things that I want to put my own little sprinkle on and be involved in. So, you know, there's only so many hours in a day and, and, so many physical hours I can be on my feet. For sure. Makes sense. The way I see it is everything starts with something small. And even if you were just like a consultant in the process kind of thing, like it could totally, could totally happen. You just get like one person kind of 
do 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 do, and then they think, oh, maybe we could have this at Rogers, and it sells out. You know. You know, no, we and we tried the Rogers thing. We really did, and it's really hard. I I don't know how anybody puts an event on there because it's. I mean, everybody has to watch their bottom line, and yeah. and you know, just financially, it didn't make sense. It was a big gamble. Um, and, you know, the Shaw or whatever the new name is, Edmonton... Edmonton Events Center. Events Center, yeah. yeah um, has been my home, and, and they've worked with KO Boxing for a long time. So, um, for us, it was it was less of a gamble. I, as cool as it would be to fight at Rogers, you know, everybody's pencils have to be really sharp to make that happen. Makes sense, makes sense. Yeah. So thinking about the people who have come through your space at Champs, thinking about like all the fitness journeys, all the transformations, the gains of courage, like what are the biggest takeaways from that? Like you've seen some incredible things happen here. Forget about the physical, because I, I think that's just that's a bonus, right? I yeah. know yes, sometimes health wise, that's a huge thing. I'm on the um, same page there. Uh, I I mean I loved your post today. Thank you. Right? Um and, and to see people's journeys is cool like to see your journey has been cool but to actually be a part of people's emotional and mental transformation is something that I actually never a it never went through my mind Um, but b I never expected to get such an emotional attachment to it and I don't even know if I'm saying it the right way but the only way I can think of it is like to see people and see how far they've come and to come out of whatever they're coming out of and to actually, I don't think that I've did anything. I opened a gym. I opened a gym that I could train out of. Like that was my mental, like I was like, listen, man, we're moving our gym. I left our other gym and I was like, I want to open, I've had this idea and I want to open this place. And, and I've been very honest. My muses were my sisters. I've been boxing before this, before champs, for 16, 15, 16 years. And my sisters never came for a workout, not once with me. Despite how much boxing is a part of my life, I mean, yeah, they've come and they've seen me spar here and there, but they're intimidated to go into my gym, into the gym that I pretty much was helping run, you know, like opening the doors and trying to inspire and motivate and whatever. I couldn't inspire and motivate my own sisters to come down and do a workout. And so I was like, Milan, I have this idea that I want to just open this gym. And, you know, there was a couple of gyms in the States and a little bit here and there. But I had this and I'm like, I have this idea that I want to do this. And I had a couple of friends being like, no, this is this is super cool. Come to this gym with me and see what you think. And I went and I was like, I would make a lot of changes, but this is... I had the most fun in this workout and I've been doing this for 15 years. So I wanted to create a space that was zero intimidation. I know boxing is always going to have some kind of like, oh, I don't know if I can do it kind of thing. Yeah. But I wanted it to be this place where you could come in, feel so comfortable, so welcomed, um, and get part of this amazing kick-ass workout that I love doing. And that's changed my life. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I say that like I've done every sport I've done it all I've played volleyball, basketball, soccer you know whatever it is I've done it and, and a lot of them to a very high level but when I stepped into a boxing gym which took me a little bit of time to motivate myself to go as well it changed my life like 
I walked in and I was like, it wasn't just the physical and it was a hard workout. Yeah. But it was the mental and emotional th- connection that I had almost immediately. Like punching shit is fun. Like it has been my therapy for the last however many years. And so I wanted to create that. And, and so when I first opened it, it was like, I just want this space that isn't going to cost me a ton of money to train in. And then I was like, okay, I want to create this space that people are going to have the workout that I love, that's changed my body, that I'm the fittest I've ever been. And then I was like, and then after we started opening and we had some of our clients share their journeys with us personally at the front desk, just standing around talking, um, you were like, wow. Like, they're like, no, Jelena, you don't understand. You've changed my life. And I was like, I didn't do anything. I opened a gym, man. Like, (laughs) you're doing that on your own. And they're like, no, you don't get it. And it took, like, probably by the third or fourth story I heard, I was like, wow. Like, thank you for sharing because this is amazing. So, for me, the physical journey is just a bonus. The mental and emotional journey and what this place has done for some people that have shared their story, at least, is just been so incredibly rewarding. And that goes to one of those four words that I that I shared. Like, this has far surpassed anything I ever imagined on that level. Yeah, that's really cool. And honestly, whenever I think of journeys, I'm always thinking like at least 60% mental, 40% physical, because like what drives that physical progress is mental. Mm -hmm. Like if you're talking shit to yourself in your head, you're not going to get anywhere physical. And like where you really feel fulfillment because you see people they'll like transform their body but they mentally it hasn't changed but when they mentally changed the physical changes are more sustainable mm-hmm. it's, it's incredible because like I've I've seen people rave about champs like anybody that I've talked to I've had some clients that have tried it out and I'm like yeah it's great there isn't it and they're like yeah like I never knew I could do that I'm like yeah and I'm like sprinkle it onto your training do whatever you have to do because that's the kind of thing like you're punching something and for females especially getting that sort of catharsis like that feeling of hey i'm pretty damn powerful yeah that's necessary they need it yeah something that i've really enjoyed watching is the progress of all of your coaches because you got like some people who have started fresh and progressed so much so one of the big things for me um was personality like yeah. I want good people yeah um and I'm not saying I mean good people that will mesh together mostly with me <laughs> each <laughs> totally. other yes but like I I have like and I like I said when I first started I didn't have a community like I mean I had I had the, my support I have the people have supported my career in Edmonton so I shouldn't say I don't have community but I haven't had people day-to-day community in my life and so I was like okay like I need to have good people that I can get along with. I mean, not that it was just about me, but that everybody mesh well together. I can teach anybody how to box. I know that. I, I'm very confident that I can do that. And so I wanted to hire people who who meshed well with our group. And I was so very lucky that I had such an incredible group come and want to be a part of this team. And you know, it, I was so nervous. I was more nervous about this place than I have been for any other fight. Like, I had that, like, I believe it can work, but then you always have that self-doubt and that Mm -hmm. questioning, and you're like, oh, my God, did I just, did I just mess everything up? Like, I had, I had it, not easy, because nothing's easy, 
nothing's easy in life but like you know I had a great worked out I did work but I worked on my own hours and I got to work out again and I didn't have any pressure other than fighting and now you know I was like so nervous because I was like this is insane like why did I open this 6,000 square foot building where this building is amazing as it is was really old and cost a lot of money and you know I'm putting my name and my own personal brand and what I've done for 15 years on the line as much as I've tried to take myself out of the brand of champs to be sustainable on its own my brother decided to throw this 80 foot Jolino on the wall That's like, awesome. I'm like bro why didn't you face, I'm like, why <laughs> didn't you okay this with me? He's like, well, you know, I knew you wouldn't want to do it, so I just, it's cool, isn't it? I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> but, you know, as much as, as I wanted to, to keep it away from my name, it's still me. Mm-hmm. So it was a huge gamble, and I was so nervous, but the team that have decided to help me do this it's so amazing and i'm so thankful for each and every one of them because they are the champs brand as much as my name faces on that wall each one of those um coaches represent the brand probably better than i can so it's, i've been very fortunate yeah and it's really neat to see just in the real world because social media is one thing everybody can like like each other's po- posts and all that stuff but, like in the real world we're seeing like champs coaches really support each other well yeah we actually hang out like it was you know we actually enjoy hanging out with each other and and that's been a really cool thing to watch is like you know everybody's supporting everyone from our front desk to our coaches to management to everything you know and this is where you go back everybody goes through different things and different points in their life yeah um and to see a unit come close together that it's like a work family and and you know as much as you're like oh i just work with that person no like i genuinely care for each and every one of them and i can probably honestly say that each one of our coaches you know support each other but also our community yeah which has been kind of it's cool because i've never experienced that. like i mean i haven't played on a team sport since u of a basketball for a hot minute before i got injured you know like so 2001 so you know my team is one guy consistently who I love to death, but like my coach is my team. You know, now we've added a few awesome faces um, who are definitely part of this journey that I'm on. But you know, at the end of the day, it was Milan. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. Um, my next question is out of all the fast food places in Edmonton, <laughs> <laughs> which one would you pick first? Pick like three, rank them. One, two, three. Fast food, okay, like where you just drive up and go? I mean, something that can be prepared in less than 10 minutes. Like, so that opens up the okay. door to some healthy alternatives. Okay, so like, Freshy has been my go-to for a couple of years since I started. First one was in West Edmonton Mall, right? Yeah. Um, that's been my go-to and my friend actually just open two in in South Edmonton Gallman. Nice. Um, I don't have to say fresh you, but I actually enjoy their food. Um, Chop Leaf, actually, I enjoy them. Good salads, you know, good rush on the go. And KB and Co. I'm not a vegan, but I actually enjoy their food. Like I, I'm a farm girl at heart. My dad would kill me if he found out if I enjoyed vegan food. <laughs> like you know. Um, but, I, but yeah, so those three would be it. 
But my meal prep and, and my the people who changed my fight and my appearance, I think, just by actually eating properly, because this is something, admittedly, I am not great at, um, is taking the time to eat. Yeah. Terrible at it. And, yeah. and last year, we opened Champs January 9th. I had my fight April 28th. And the only reason I got through that whole training camp relatively uninjured um, was because of my friends at Bite Me Meal Prep and Stacy and Dan have become good friends of mine and, and they are amazing. Um, and so if you need any kind of meal, meal prep, like that's actually good food to eat that you're not going to feel like you're just scarfing yeah, it down to like, <laughs> um, they are amazing. And so, you know, on fight time, that's what I do. But those are my three go-to kind of like if I need something quick. That's awesome. And, and you know what? I'm not going to lie to you. Those uh, reduced fat turkey bacon sandwiches at Starbucks. <laughs> that's my go-to breakfast meal. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. That's awesome. Well, I think it's, it's neat to kind of understand how the inner workings of, of anybody. Like, I've asked people what they like better, cookies or cake. And it's just like, now I know. That question yeah. is answered. Yeah. So those are my, like, three kind of go-to meals. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still eat crappy don't tell Dan and Stacy, but like, <laughs> you know, um, in between and, and for example, now we've been up and down with fight camps. Like I started training, I stopped training, I started training. I officially had my first day of training camp yesterday and, um, I texted Stacy and I was like, uh, so camps officially started. I should probably get on my meals. And she's like, yes. <laughs> so we don't have to do a crazy weight cut. Cause I, I mean, I am in a weight class sport. It's just a reality. And I do love food. I just kind of forget to eat it. So, like, I'm not going to lie. Yesterday I had pad thai and it was amazing. And I'm like, well, I better get this in me right now because I can't eat it for the next eight weeks. So, yeah. you know, like, I do love all kinds of foods, but those are my healthy kind of go-to fast food options. Outside of food, what are the biggest obstacles of prepping for a fight? Mental, physical? You know, I, I don't know. And this was a shocker to me last camp. Like, last camp I had... What should have been the worst training camp. You know, we were opening champs. I literally was here in the morning napping on my floor because I was too lazy to go get a couch. Um, before training, because we were training here. And then I would go home and it was just like everything, everything was dead. Everything that could have went wrong. I got a car accident early in, in camp. Um, my dog died like three weeks before my fight. You know, we were here opening a brand new business training coaches evaluating coaches you know i was doing all kinds of media because we had the moratorium for combative sports happen plus it was my 50th professional fight we were wanting to do it at rogers that fell through so we were rushing to do it at the shaw and promote it you know everything that could have probably been any kind of excuse for that fight happened um but I can honestly say every part of that helped me have the most amazing fight at that point. You know, that fight, I was phenomenal. I can honestly say I was happy with every part of my performance minus one round that we were so worried because my output was so high that we, my coach was worried that I wasn't going to be able to sustain. So he said, listen, Jillian, take the round off. Um, just move around and use your jab, but slow down this round. So I can only say the only part of that fight I was unhappy with was the fact that I took that round off because it I would have knocked her out if I didn't. 
So everything that could have happened mentally, emotionally, physically happened that could have been a challenge and it could have been an excuse um, was there for April 28th. But I think if you have a strong team and you believe in the work you put into, there aren't any challenges you can't face. That's so, so true. So, you know, you have good days and bad days. My dog died. I got the shit kicked out of me for a week because I was so upset. And and literally, Robbie was my primary sparring partner um, for that fight. And he, he would hit me and he would feel bad because everybody felt bad. My coach was like, listen, we're not at a point where you can take days off. So you're going to have to get your shit together and you're going to have to suck it up. I know you're sad, but we have a thing here. And I, so I walked out of training for like three days of sparring with literally black and blue. And, I, and every day I woke up, every day I did my run, every day I did my training. Because I had no options. And I had an amazing team around me to be like, okay, Julia, let's do this. You don't have a choice. So you're going to have a lot of challenges. but I, And I think what you do with those, whether you make them an excuse or you make them a reason, that choice is yours. So I can take a challenge and I can make it a reason to be better or I can make an excuse to be shitty. And, and I always say this, and this is on our wall of our motivational quotes. And, and it was funny because I was sitting in this meeting and they were like, Jenna, what do you say to inspire people? I'm like, I don't think I'm the right person to ask this. And they're like, I don't know, but like, you have buddies that fight. Like, what do you tell them before fights? I'm like, honestly, I tell them don't be shitty. Yeah. And, and they laughed at me. And I'm like, because that's, you've done the work. You, you put in all the hard things. All you have to do is not be shitty. Don't let your mind get away from you. Yeah. So all you have to do is just be 1% better than you were yesterday. 1% is not a lot. You know? But it adds up day after day after day after day. And guess what? If you keep getting better every day, that needle goes forward. Your goal is reached. You get to set a new goal. And that's what's cool is you get to, when you reach these goals, you get to create new ones. So I always say... Um, when people ever ask me, like, okay, like, you know, what's your first goal, a world title? I'm like, no, my first goal was to win my first fight. And then my next goal was to get a crazy knockout. And then my next goal, when I won world, one world title, I made a new goal every time. So I always say, set achievable goals. Yeah. So when you get to reach those goals, you get a mini celebration, and you get to create a new goal. And that's what makes getting better achievable. So, if you set these unachievable goals, I can set a goal and say, yeah, I want to lose 50 pounds. Well, shit, I can't lose 50 pounds. My frame won't allow that. Yeah. You know, hey, I don't actually want to lose that much no. weight. But, but I can set these unattainable goals and then constantly be disappointed every day. Or I can set a goal, a mini goal, and say, you know what, in three months, I want to lose four pounds. But I want to lose good four pounds. Yeah. And when I do that, they're like, okay, that was cool. That was awesome. Yay, pat on the back, new goal. And so whatever it is, is it weight? Is it a work goal? Is it for me? I have nine weeks to get my goal. And then once I get that one, I have a new hit list. But every time, it's one goal, one time, next step. 
So one of the big things, and, and that's where I'm saying, like, you have all these challenges, and what are, what is the challenge? It's not really a challenge. It's, it's a reason. It's something that I can work towards. I think when people say, what's an obstacle? Well, an obstacle is an excuse. You know, you can have these challenges that you can work through and get better, or you can have an obstacle that you can make an excuse about. So I think it's all a perspective. Yeah, I like it. That's awesome. Something that I noticed a lot for you in your journey and what you've shared on other podcasts and other interviews is just how much it can bite. Like you, you can have people and then those people can change and you can have a city that supports you and it can twist around and that city doesn't support you. With that comes a lot of necessi- necessity to be a really good judge of character. So when you're judging character, like how, how do you pick through people? Like how, how do you find your tribe as, as people say? I am very fortunate that I had amazing role models in my life and I had good upbringing. You know, my dad, an entrepreneur, a person who had to fight every step of the way, you know, my mom, such a strong, empowering female, um, a brother who I admired his whole life and competed at a very high level of sports. Um, two sisters that are crazy smart and run our family business. So I'm very fortunate that I had amazing people around me. That being said, you know, I've kind of forged my own path and made my own decisions and, and it's a gamble. Um, but out of all of it, I've been lucky enough that I've had good gut feelings on things yeah and sometimes not the greatest decisions when you go against your gut but at the end of the day being comfortable with what you decide so i know i'm kind of skirting around it because i i have had you know i have made really poor decisions in my life with people around me not really poor i shouldn't i should clarify that like where you just trust people who Maybe you shouldn't have. And, it, and and I'm extremely stubborn, so I hate failing. Like, I hate failing. Like, you know, you have relationships that you probably could have cut a lot shorter. And I shouldn't say nothing is a waste of time, but you spent more time than maybe that person deserved in that. And you've kept people in your circle that probably didn't, weren't the best and weren't as supportive. And, and what I've learned is that every time you've had someone around you or every time you've had a failure it's not a failure as long as you learn from it yeah so for me first fight first fight I lost um it was my 10th professional fight my coach had someone my coach had I had brought someone in to come and help work with us and and I remember saying to him one day and 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 this guy is I respect him and you know he's been through a lot in his life but every day he's like this girl I fought was from Vegas and had a lot of fights and she's again one of the pioneers of women's boxing still fighting has a hard time getting fights Layla McCarter and um, he would say oh she's so good she's so good she's from Vegas she's so good it's gonna be really hard to beat her and maybe you're not ready for this fight and he kept putting this doubt in my mind and I went to my coach and I'm like, well, I'm like, you know, I don't think this guy's good part of our team. He's like, listen, you're just spoiled and you just want me around you. And this is like, 
I can't even remember what year this was, but this was early and we were still figuring each other out. I'm a hothead, he's a hothead, and you know, sometimes we had more battles than we probably should have had. And, and I'm like, no, Milan, I really don't think, like, I mean, he's telling me every day that this girl's so good. Like, well, what about me? Like, we're 9-0. and oh. Like, I think I'm 9-0 and oh with seven knockouts or seven stops. Like, aren't I good? And he was just like, listen, I trust this guy. You should trust this guy. And I'm like, okay. So we go through the motions. We get to this fight. And I lose. I lost. And I believe I lost that fight before the fight even happened. And so I went to my coach. And I'm like, okay, listen. I don't want to do this if he's going to be around. And I'm like, and I should have said that a couple weeks before. And he, and he was like, you know what, you're right. I made a bad decision. We ended up rematching Layla, not even like, I, I don't remember the actual day, but I think it was like within half a year. Um, and I ended up beating the crap out of her. We've had three epic fights, three amazing fights. But, you know, I'm not going to learn enough to be able to win this fight, how bad I lost it first time um but in that loss I that was one of the first times I, I realized my I have to keep my circle tight you know that was when the whole city like kind of turned on me and they were like I told you Jelena was too built up and this and this and that and like I was like wow like it's one loss one bad night yeah. and you guys are all talking shit about me already yeah and so at that moment I realized that I had to keep my circle tight and that I needed people who actually truly believed in me versus people are just going to be my cheerleaders. You know, I have my family. I don't need any other cheerleaders. I love people who are genuinely going to support me because they genuinely believe in me. Yeah. If you want to be a hater, cool. Buy a ticket, go stand in her corner and hate on me is all you want, but pay for my ticket because I want to <laughs> make money off of you. Totally, I like that Because I want to prove you wrong. <laughs> but, you know, like... You know, at the end of the day, every loss that I've been through and every bad decision I've made has made me part of who I am. So it's made me a better athlete, um, a better role model, a better ambassador, a better sister, a better friend, a better partner. Everything that I've gone through in my life and has made me somehow better. Would I have wanted to avoid half of them? Absolutely. But if what I... Would I change it? No. But now I know that I can make the right decisions based on my experiences because I've learned from them. Sometimes these lessons were really shitty. Yeah. You know, like really bad. But at the end of the day, like going to Argentina to get my face punched in when I should have just said no to the fight because I wasn't healthy. Not a great decision. But guess what? Now I know better. Yeah. Totally. You know, like... I was I had a fight where I was so sick, but I was so stubborn not to take the fight. Like I honestly I gave my sister H1N1. I was I didn't know at the time, but I was drunk on cough syrup in the fight. And there was no way I should have been in that position in the first place. But I was so stubborn that I told everybody I was fine. Nobody knew I was sick except my sister who drove me to the fight. To the point where she was in the hospital a couple of days later. Like, so each one of those decisions, you learn a little bit, especially when you're in, as stubborn as me. You have to sometimes smash your head into that wall before you, <laughs> you got to break the wall before sometimes you make the right decision. 
But at the end of the day, once you've actually made done the damage and you've learned from it, it changes your perspective on things. Totally. So a circle is tight, you know, because I want it to be. Yeah. And your your mindset has empowered you to learn from failure. Like so many people just like they count it as a dead end and then turn the other way and then they'll just never never go in a forward direction ever again. They'll yeah. just stop. Yeah. Mindset is pretty powerful. It's crazy. And it's crazy because when you're in it and like, you know, there's a lot of things like, you know, people suffer through depression, anxiety, you know. Um, a lot of different a lot of different things right failure you're right and and to have that team of the one person that's like are you okay today like can we you know like can I help you that one little act of kindness versus a keyboard cowboy yeah um, can change someone's life like Absolutely. absolutely change someone's life and there's a lot of things that you can't control but there's a lot of things that you can try and help people to do better yeah. Um, and so, you know, sometimes some people need to go through it on their own. I'm the kind of person who's like, people can tell me a million times, and I'm like, nope, I'm smarter. <laughs> no, I'm not smarter, but I got to figure it out on my own. But then there's other times, like, you know, you see someone, and all it takes is like, hey, how was your day? Yeah. And And that's something that I think I'm learning in my old age, like, that I'm like, hey... I can take one second on my date to just ask someone how they are. You know, sometimes you don't want to be there for the answer, but but at the end of the day, like, how are you? Like, yeah. are things okay? And, like, waiting to hear the answer, as much of a grimace on your face you might have, like, because, yeah, like, once you open the door to that... You have to be willing to accept it. Yeah, like, you're, you're there for them now. And yeah. They are trusting you, and it's a process, but when we get to see how much of a difference that makes for people it's huge one of the big things that i like and what i miss from champs and i still do a lot of um, charity work and and um, i volunteer a lot of my time um, but one of the things i missed from the other gyms that i went to is it was a non-profit um, and it was a gym like my last gym was on 118th avenue gym and and having those kids that haven't had the greatest opportunities in life um, that are willing to step through those doors and put themselves in an uncomfortable position to be able to help influence them. Um, that's one thing that I do miss training out of those places is that if I can make a change in one person's life, one kid's life, yeah. um, then I know I'm doing the right thing. And that was a big thing that drove me through the first part of my career and actually made me open my eyes to the fact that I am a role model. Um, because I always, I never really embraced that name, so to speak. Um, I always did it, but I did it because I felt like it was something that I wanted to do. Not that it was a role that I had to accept. Yeah. Um, and so that's a big thing for me is like just changing people's lives. Now, back then I enjoyed doing it for kids because I believe kids, you're born with the set of cards that you have to deal with and that you have to play. But if you can change those cards, if I can change one of those to a joker and they can make their own choice, a wild card, so to speak, then that's kind of cool. But at the end of the day, if you can change someone's journey for the positive, then you're doing the right thing. Totally. It doesn't have to be a huge movement. I don't have to change cities or change... I just have to change one person. Starts with one. 
So there's a lot of people that kind of like are scared to get into any kind of a fitness facility or any kind of a physical change or like obviously mental change comes with it. But they they have all these excuses that they put in their head and say that they Googled Champs Boxing Studio and they're intrigued and they like the stories, but they're too scared to wake up and go to that first class. Like, what are some statements that you'd kind of leave to sort of like hook them in? I'd say you just have to believe in yourself. Like, and one thing is that you want to you have to believe in wanting to change and and take a risk. Yeah. You know, you like let's be honest, it's risky stepping out on the street nowadays. It's risky crossing the road. So what's the difference between crossing the street and walking into this place and giving yourself I would say it's like it's a it's 50 minutes of your day, 1 hour of your day to do something positive for yourself. Now all it takes is a risk. It's a challenge. Yeah. But with with a risk comes great reward you know you know nobody one of my favorite sayings is and and this applies not just to champions but champions take challenges and pressure is a privilege and i don't know who said it and i should probably google it because i use this this phrase a lot um because the challenge is what changes you and the challenge is what makes you better and and Every challenge is a risk, but at the end of the day, that risk is going to be so much more rewarding because you did something, and that risk is on you, so you did something for yourself. You, you, always, you only get better if you are uncomfortable. That is true. That is so true. You have to, and so in order to get better, you have to find comfort in being uncomfortable. Yeah. And that sucks. Yeah. Like, that is something that is probably the hardest thing, is, like, getting uncomfortable. Nobody wants to be uncomfortable. No. It sucks. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you don't progress without being uncomfortable. Makes sense. So it's, like, the same thing as, like, a new job, right? Like, anyone starting a new job is uncomfortable. That first step is a challenge. It's a risk. Remember the first time you went to school? You're probably scared shitless. Like, totally. You know, you didn't know what it was because you didn't know any different. But then from kindergarten to now changing from elementary to junior high, you forgot about that. Now you had six years being comfortable somewhere. Now you're going into a junior high school. Well, remember that day when you went to your first different junior high and you were like, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? I don't have friends. Now go to high school. And then out of high school, you went to college. So you already went through all these different steps and these different changes now we're adults and now I think as adults we become complacent with our routine yeah well back when you were growing up you had to take these risks and I think that's what changed you and challenged you and made you a different person you know the choices that you made the colleges you went to the friends you made the the jobs you took at that time that challenged you and changed you then now here in our 30s and, and younger whatever age you're at you don't want to take those challenges, but you forget about all the ones that made you who you are, that you already made. Yeah. So if you want to change, you just have to take a challenge. I like that analogy too, because it's so true. Like we, we get good at being uncomfortable when we're going through the younger years, because it's just kind of part of the routine. Yeah. And then like, this is exactly what happened to me for my 
pre-fitness career, I kind of like got into a spot where I was like, okay, we don't have to make changes. I'm liking this. But I was like, but there's no personal growth. What's happening? And it's just like, I kind of pressed pause for a bit there. And then I unpressed pause and it's just like a whole bunch of personal growth in a fitness career. But you're a person who likes to challenge yourself. Yeah. And that's you though. There's a lot of people who don't, A, they don't believe in themselves or B, have never had that ability to pause, reflect, decide, and then follow, follow through. Now, I'm a person who constantly likes to challenge myself. So that's something that I have the ability to do because I always step back and I'm like, well, okay, I wasn't the best today. Today wasn't my best day. How can I get better tomorrow? So you and I have that quality, like whatever, whether it was how we were brought up or whether it's just mental or whether it's just a thing that we do. But a lot of people have a very hard time motivating themselves. And that's one actually good thing about social media that I've really enjoyed is people using it as a platform for their own personal growth. I follow um, locally and, and internationally a ton of people who have broadcast their journey and I've enjoyed watching them and like people that I even follow now later I go back and I'm like that is super cool to see how far they've come and and to learn parts about other people that I can use in my own life Um, and so that's one thing I do really enjoy about social media is that is that it is a platform to keep you accountable for your change yeah the good the bad and not using it as the as the filter of everything great the people who are who aren't afraid to put ugly pictures and ugly posts and hey guess what i'm having a really shitty day um but this is where i'm at this is where i plan to go and this is where i want to go in the future those are people i admire way more than the instagram models Well, I mean, like, when it's used really properly and when you can be authentic to the point where you're not, like, striving for attention, you're just trying to journal, in a way. Yeah. You have yeah. people along with, for the journey, like, I advocate for my, my clients to use it in that capacity. I'm like, you don't even need any followers. Just kind of, like, put it out there. And it's tough because you are putting it out there to the world. Yeah. To make opinions. Yeah. But, you know, that's where... You know the confidence like I admire people's confidence like that because I do remember when I started um, boxing and when I not I didn't I guess I volunteered to put my life in the public eye but but I didn't really I was just following something that I love to do I never when I look back when I was 20 19 at U of A like I didn't want to be a role model that's not that wasn't what I had in my mind I didn't want to be um, someone that people looked up to. I didn't want to be um, someone people named their kids after. Like, I didn't want that. That's not the journey that I wanted. But I followed my passion, and my passion led me to this. And then my experiences led me to believe I could be someone who could positively influence people. Um, but that being said, you know, some of the things that you go through, it's not by choice, it's just by circumstance. Yeah. And, you know, if I can leave people with one thing is I just want people to believe in themselves and, and to not care what people thought. Like, I didn't have that confidence when I started. 
when I started, I wanted to make everybody happy. And I almost, I almost burned myself out trying to please society and please the masses. And it, it was a hard journey realizing that, you know what, at the end of the day, you're not going to make everybody like you. And that, you know what, at the end of the day, that doesn't matter. As long as you make, as long as you like yourself. And that was a hard journey for me to learn, to be honest with you. Like, I remember even transitioning into boxing and then getting the, the attention that I didn't want or didn't feel like I deserved. And then having that and then realizing, okay, well now I have to keep this up. And then when I lost, I was devastated. I was depressed. I was demoralized. And then realizing, you know, thankfully having the team that I had that I was like, you know what, it doesn't matter if you don't like me. You know, if I could change one person, I always tell this story because John Short openly said he would eat his shoe before he was a female boxing fan. And I said, you know what, John, that's your opinion and that's really cool. That's fine by me. But I said, I promise you by the time you're retired writing for, for the paper, you will not be a female boxing fan, but you will be a fan of me. And I said, I want you to drop the female and just be my fan. Like and that. and that was one of, like, that's one thing I can say I'm prou- I was proud of. And, you know, for me, it was, it was a dream. Like, he didn't like me. He respected what I did. But he didn't like me because he didn't believe women had spot. And then I was like, instead of trying to make everybody happy, I was like, I'm going to take one person each time. And I'm going to try and change their opinion. Because what you think now, you have an audience. What you think will change other people's minds. Yeah. And so it's just little things like that and finding little challenges. And I know I kind of, I always get on tangents because I, I have like, I've had so many experiences in my short 36 years and 16 years of boxing. I've had a lot of things that I've gone through that have made me who I am that I almost forget sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I look back and from day one to day whatever it would be, now you know it's kind of crazy to like reflect on and when i get that's why i enjoy doing these podcasts i know it's like pulling tooth and nail to get me to actually commit (laughs) but i enjoy doing them because it's a time that you can reflect and be like you know what you're right we could make a change in one person come down to the gym check it out it could change your life yeah totally but don't believe me believe your own experience absolutely like you know and and that's and that that's just not for me that's from our clients you know don't believe me come try if you don't like it sorry but it's not a waste yeah so we're gonna segue this to the final question this is something <laughs> i ask every one of my guests and you've given so much advice so you're gonna have to think of something fresh oh my goodness you could give one advice piece of advice to someone on how to live their life most authentically and to the fullest what would that piece of advice be that's simple it's just be the best you you could be and that's the best you day to day, right? Every day is a little different, but every day, you know what? Whether you're having a shitty day like me today, like I woke up late, I was frazzled, but I was like, I'm gonna be, try and be the best me I can be today. And it's not gonna be the best Jelena that I can be like in the whole entire scope of my life. But today I'm gonna try and be the best version of myself. And I think if you can authentically say that you do that every day, you can't be ashamed of anything. That's awesome. 
So for your fight coming up, our tickets, are they available now? They will. I'm going to have a bunch of tickets here at the studio. I'm looking at the date. I'm like probably mid-month. They're already available on Ticketmaster. I just haven't been able to pick them up yet. So we'll have them at Champs. They are on Ticketmaster. Um, And if you have time, come check it out. I put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in this training, and and I love what I do. And so um, if you have never come to a live boxing match... Um, it is something really cool to experience live. Yeah. It's different, way different than experience watching it on TV and in a pub or wherever you watch fights. Um, live is something super special because the atmosphere is, um, is unlike anything else. I know personally I love watching fights. One of my friends is an MMA fighter and it's just like gets your heart pumped and gets you really fired up, especially if you have somebody you're rooting for. A hundred percent. If you have an invested interest, um, and then if you've never experienced one in Edmonton, I am so very lucky, and thank you to everyone who has supported me. Um, but I am so very lucky that I have such an amazing um, fan base. You know, one one thing I can say that I was sad about was I wish I would have had a camera just on the crowd for my last fight because, you know, you're so focused and you get to. You don't get to enjoy that experience. Yeah. Um, but I remember last fight, I took like a hot second on the top of the platform when I came out. And only a little curtain, like keeping you away from it. But when I stepped out in front of everybody to feel that vibration of the excitement yeah. was something that I wish I could bottle up and give to everybody. Because if you were lucky enough one day to feel that kind of support, then... You know, I actually said, I could, I could, I'm not retiring, but I could retire happy after the last fight because that support is something, and every time Everton shows up, even better, so I'm so excited for the next one. It's going to be big. Well, I hope so. Like, last one was, I almost, I'm like, I lost for words for once in the last hour we've talked, I'm at lost for words because the, I've tried to explain what I felt standing up there, never mind in the fight. In the fight, I black out. It's just go. Um, but I wish, I literally wish I could bottle that up and sniff a little bit every day before <laughs> training just to, like, feel that emotion. So, uh, you know, that's something that I, that I thank everybody for supporting me. And if you can come out June 22nd, that would be awesome. If not, you know, send some well wishes and, and maybe next time. Totally, totally. Yeah. Thanks for giving me all your time. It's been probably one of my favorite chats. Uh, I'm sure you say that every time, but, you know, this is awesome, and I, and I love what you do, and, and try and inspire people just to be the best version of themselves. So totally. it's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you.